Hello, it's Dave here, and I'm joined as always by my lovely wife and co-host. You lovely wife. Yeah, you're a lo- you're very lovely. Oh, thank you. I don't know if I've ever told you that. <laughs> thank you. Hello. <laughs> Quite fond of you. Thanks. Um, so we are walking uh, because that's our podcast. We walk. <laughs> we walk places. <laughs> so we're not walking to the cinema today. Uh, we're just out for a walk on a Sunday afternoon. And it's quite windy. It is a bit windy and we're next to a main road, so you might get a little bit of noise there, so apologies for that. Um, but we are walking home and um, we are picking out a Sunday afternoon movie and we want to have one of those lazy Sunday afternoons. And uh, we're going to do another cinemeter. If anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's where we don't... Uh, walk home from the cinema <laughs> we just sit on the couch and it watch does a movie exactly what it says in the tin <laughs> uh, so we have chosen to watch by popular demand because a lot of you have asked for this three men and a baby yes so we're both really excited about this I haven't seen this movie in so long like I absolutely loved it as a kid and I reckon I haven't seen it in like maybe 15 10, 15 years yeah. for me um, I was uh, I've, I'm more familiar with the sequel Three Men and a Little Lady because I think we had that on VHS uh, taped over you know the, you know the old taped off the telly I did trick. too so I reckon RTE must have shown it when we were both kids and we both had it recorded that must be it yeah because uh, I've seen we, that more we wore the tape off that yeah <laughs> uh, loved that movie this and one I, I've some memories of it but uh, I, it'll be pretty fresh I think my key memory is the beautiful scene of them singing Goodnight Sweetheart which I'm excited for Oh, I don't even remember that. Okay. And as per our previous cinemeter when we watched... Um, Prevenge? Pre- no. Oh, Look Who's Talking. Look Who's Talking. We're going to look for some parenting tips from this one. Some yes. do's and don'ts. Yeah. And I have some interesting information on the movie here because we figured it must have been a box office success or it wouldn't have gotten a sequel. But I'm actually sure reading about it, it's quite incredible. So it cost 16 million to make but it made 170 million huge profit and the year it was made or released which was 1987 it was the biggest box office hit of the year in the states surpassing Fatal Attraction and that 170 million is just from the US and it won the 1988 People's Choice Award so it is and it's 75% in Rotten Tomatoes so it's not one of those movies that you kind of loved as a kid and when you go back realise it's shit and terrible well you don't know that Let's I don't check, think it's going to be. Back in we'll two check hours, back, maybe but it's I'm not. saying signs are good. Well, do you know what? And what um, a cast! Come on. Yeah, I mean, Ted Danson is and still was and still is great. Um, Steve Guttenberg, who we don't really get a lot of these days. The last thing I saw Steve Guttenberg in was um, probably Veronica Mars. Oh yes, yeah. Was he the mayor? Yeah. And uh, no, no, I saw him in the other thing by the guy who did Veronica Mars uh, with oh, Adam the Scott. Zombie. No, before that, the waiters party down. Ah, okay. Which uh, I would recommend to anyone because uh, that's an excellent show. So sh- clearly, there's a connection with uh, Steve Guttenberg. And then we have Tom Selleck himself in that. So basically, Magnum PI. And Tom Selleck's great as well. Yeah. Um, all really good comedy actors, if you think about it. And then, did you know this? I didn't until Wikipedia just told me. It was based on a 1985 French film. You're literally reading this. I'm off reading Wikipedia this. As, Three men as we speak. and a cradle. Now, pardon my French. This is how I will try and pronounce it. Is it? Wait, let me guess. <laughs> is it trois, trois hommes et un le Really close, but le cradle is not the French for cradle. It's trois hommes et un coffin. 
A coffin? Yeah. Three men in a I coffin. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> that would so, be a very um, different movie. We'll need to get our previous guests, Jackie and Guillaume, who yeah. live in France, who were on our Predator review, to maybe correct our pronunciation of that. Yes, uh, we are definitely mortifying Guillaume right now. <laughs> yes. And any of our French listeners, which okay. there, are, there are a few of, a according couple, to yeah, our we, stats. We have got French listeners. Now, one more thing, trivia for you. Who directed it? Oh, my God. I've no idea. Will I recognise the name? You would 100% recognise the name. Oh, I oh, never knew um, this. Is it uh, Rob Reiner? No. Oh. Is it... Uh, See, now you know how I feel when you put me on the spot. Is it Steve Guttenberg? No. Is it Ted Dan- Is it's it one no of them? no one from the movie. Oh. <laughs> okay, is it... Uh, it's Leonard Nimoy. Oh, no way! Yeah. Okay, I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Oh, so, that's yeah. cool. R.I.P. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, so pumped for this movie. Oh, <laughs> do you know... <coughs> <coughs> oh. Wow, that sounds nice. <laughs> it's horrible. Move your mouth away from the microphone. That's podcast gold. No, it's um, not. <coughs> sorry, I think it was because we're on a road or something. Did you do you know the story about the ghost? No. The, there's this urban legend. Uh, I saw urban legend on Wikipedia, but I didn't click on it. Yeah, that's that's what this is. So oh. app- the, uh, there was a apparently there was a ghost on the set of uh, Three Men and a Baby, <laughs> but really? I think it's all a bit it's all a bit of nonsense. So there's this. Uh, Apparently in the movie, uh, so we must watch out for this. There's a there's a shot in a bedroom where if you look closely at uh, one of the mirrors, there's a standing mirror. You can see like a person reflected. So the cameraman. The <laughs> exactly. So it's like <laughs> it's probably just someone on the set. Okay, when we're um, watching this, let's take a photo of that. Or yeah, we'll we'll it. post that up on uh, on our Twitter. We will and Facebook confirm pages. if there's a ghost on the set of Three Men and a Baby or not. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's complete bull. I'm pretty sure that it is as well. Um, all right, well... Okay, now the road's are really loud, so let's sign off. We're nearly there. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, let's go relax and we'll check in later. Bye. Will somebody please tell me what the hell is going on around here? Figure it out for yourself. Are they always this strange? Yes. Since they got involved with another woman. Touchstone Pictures presents three normally intelligent men and one little girl. So, uh, what do you want to do? They're about to discover the only thing worse than raising her... Oh, no, no, please, not on the silk sheets! ...is losing her. We should be her family. And let me tell you, the first time you get a word, Daddy, I don't care who you are, your heart just melts. Can you drive a little faster, please? Touchstone Pictures presents a comedy about three dedicated bachelors and the one woman in the world they couldn't live without. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say good night, sweetheart. Good night. Three men and a baby. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. You left out a do do do. <laughs> I left out a do do do. Do 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 do. No, you're coming in. Do 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 do. No, stop it. Okay. Stop. Okay. Hello, we're back. We were supposed to sing, but that didn't work very well. Do 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 do. No, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> well, how many dodos? <laughs> do 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 do. Good night, my sweetheart. <laughs> no, right, start is again. That, so, all wrong. Uh, no, we're leaving all the same. All right, okay. This is it. This uh, is really sounds amazing. That was um, that was good fun. That was amazing. Yeah. That was so fun. It's a good movie. We just love. We're so happy and laughing so much watching that. Yeah, it's just nice, isn't it? It's Such nice a nice and movie. Funny. 
lovely um, sentiment. We're on spoiler sofa. If you haven't seen this, you've had 30 years to watch it. Yeah. And go away and watch it if you haven't. Why don't we start by clearing up the uh, the ghost the ghost myth? Because we noticed this straight away. Um it's a cardboard cutout of Ted Denson. It's not a ghost. Which is part of the plot, because later on we see the same cardboard cutout again in his room, because he's a vain actor. Yeah. Um, and also, if you Google it, you'll find, which we just did, you'll find um, loads of people clearing this up. And Tom Selleck did an interview on Jimmy Fallon talking about it, which was quite funny. Yeah. But apparently there was all these rumours about... Um, uh, the urban myth was so prominent. It was back when VHS was a thing. So I guess the quality must have been quite blurry. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it was quite clear to us on a HDTV that yeah. it was a cardboard cutout. There was all these rumours at the time that it was like the ghost of a boy who had died <laughs> in the apartment where they were filming. And Tom Selleck in the interview was like, no, we filmed on a soundstage. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, to the movie. Massive thumbs up. To the movie! Uh, yeah, that was good. I mean, they're... They're all really good in this. I thought Tom Selleck was the standout. He is the heart of the movie. He's and he's the heart of the second movie as well. Not to jump ahead. Yes, uh, he's the best. He's the best actor of the three. I thought Ted Danson was also good. Steve Guttenberg feels like he didn't have a lot to do. Yeah, it was interesting um, watching it now and watching Steve Guttenberg. I would say Tom Selleck was brilliant in it. Ted Danson was perfect. He played the role perfectly. And Steve Guttenberg was just kind of weird and his character unnecessary. wasn't very well defined. He yeah. was a comic book or he's an illustrator, um, but I don't know. He did. I th- I feel like Guttenberg doesn't really have the acting chops compared to the other two. No, um, and he didn't have. To be fair to him, his character wasn't interesting enough to stand up against either of those, because you have Peter, who is um, that's Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, who's this architect, and he's like quite funny and like quite quite I, I just really enjoyed watching him then you've got Ted Danson who's Jack the playboy actor really enjoyed watching him Steve Guttenberg I just I liked him but I don't think the movie it would have mattered if he was in it or not not to sound harsh whereas the other two were really integral well, to it then the movie would have been called Two Men no it just could have been a different actor um, oh whoops our TV's coming on <laughs> this is uh, live <laughs> podcast problems here <laughs> Um, although actually the movie was largely two men and a baby for the first half because it's it's Tom Selleck and Steve Guttenberg yeah, we um, need to roll ten- back a bit to the start of this movie oh cool so the okay. movie opens I timed it with a four minute montage <laughs> no way to the song boys will be boys bad boys bad boys that's the song and it's oh. a montage of the three boys we would say in inverted commas because they're blatantly you know 40 um, I feel like there's a they, sexist slam down no no it's not a sexist slam down I really enjoyed it actually it's a montage of their fabulous life where they apparently have just revolving doors of women coming in and out of their apartments and what was absolutely hilarious was the apartment they lived in where the bathroom was bigger than our whole house yeah they and they are, live on Central Park they live on Central Park uh, in the so, penthouse so I guess that's what you call it uh, Manhattan West or something like this. There's some name for that. Man, I don't know. Um, I have no idea. But uh, that was a terrible guess as well. Central Park's quite big, so no. But there's there's the west side, isn't it, of Manhattan Park? It's where all the rich people live. I don't know. Well, um, they wherever anyway. they live, they overlook Central Park in a penthouse. I guess Tom Selleck is an architect, um, 
and uh, well he built it so he clearly bought out the penthouse to build this horrific dream that was his um, it's, co- it's so it's aging. so horrible it's so horrible so and Steve Gutenberg is a cartoonist so he draws this mural mural of the three lads having it's, it's having a good time disgusting mural <laughs> but I really enjoyed it I enjoyed just the pure 80s of it how rich they are of course they're you know inexplicably rich and then Peter's birthday party which had hundreds of people at it and caterers caterers like it's, the, it's funny when you watch these movies as a kid you don't really have a I never had a concept of like just how rich these people are oh no like they're they're st- ultra rich they're, in today's even in the 80s like to, to live in that address where they're living in that penthouse and if you're Tom Selleck and you own it like you're a multi multi-millionaire yeah, I guess he was a... Well, he said he was an architect for... He built high-rises and all these kind of things. Yeah, well, look. It's like, it's like an artistic license. It's like when you watch Home Alone years, years, decades later and you realise that those people were super rich as well. Yeah, I know. I just thought everyone lived in apartments like that in New York. <laughs> when um, I watched this. Speak, yeah, I know. Well, that, that's the weird... I guess the 80s was kind of obsessed with yuppies and... Um, um, Wall Street and all these kind of things don't you, don't you think that's that's what a lot of yeah, movies yeah, in the I mean, 80s were in, about it wasn't an overly 80s movie though I felt like it could have been set in the early 90s oh, are you kidding me this was very 80s I mean the music was 80s but in terms of the fashion the fashion was quite 80s oh, I didn't um, think so. speaking of disgusting the murals the um, the title credits for this movie which came up actually made me want to vomit what they were horrible I thought they were funny everyone they're just like bright pink 80s no, it was no, it was horrible. There were like three different fonts on it. It's not the one that's on the DVD cover. Um, go, actually, we'll put it up on our on our Twitter account. Um, please and have a look. And if you're unable, to, if you're able to look at it without vomiting, um, then congratulations. Hey, Dave's got a weird obsession with type. I did not care about that. Oh, it was horrible. Um, and also, so we get to when the baby arrives and Steve Gutenberg was downright disturbing. He's screaming at that child, refusing to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke, that, isn't it? Yeah, it was weird, though. And then I really do. enjoyed the scene. So basically, Ted Danson's off on on set somewhere in Turkey. So it's Steve Gutenberg and Ted and... Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. And like it's quite funny when the baby arrives and Tom Selleck's trying to buy baby food and nappies and all. I really enjoy that scene in the grocery store. Yeah, except, that was really enjoyable. Except uh, the the woman who's helping in the shop assistant says, "No, you can't use that. That's for toddlers." And he says, "What's a toddler?" I know that was really <laughs> funny. Felt a bit I mean, I know you're an '80s high flyer, but you've probably heard the word toddler. <laughs> Who doesn't before. know what a toddler is? Um, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, them changing the nappy, the nappy was very, scene, very funny. That was really funny. Like, I was properly laughing at the nappy. Yeah, there's some good lols in it. Yeah, really good funny. And then I just had some questions around the baby's outfit, like, perpetually dressed in a bonnet, bonnet. and basically Victorian costume for the entire movie. So that was yeah, a bit odd. It was the 80s. And I love time. when Steve Gutenberg says, it's your turn to change the diaper, and... Um, Tom Selleck says I'll give you a thousand dollars if you do it <laughs> <laughs> which would have been pocket change to him we yeah, established a thousand dollars these rich. days is so much money so back then and we established how rich he was earlier when um, he said to Ted Danson you don't have to pay me rent next month I'll cover you like he's <laughs> yeah he's crazy yeah he was like oh I'm just going to fly off to Turkey and then I, really I like how angry they all were with Ted Danson yeah you would be because oh Ted Danson A lands him with the baby when he's in Turkey and B a package of drugs which came in as an 80s drug plot can we talk a little bit about the drug plot? Because uh, first of all, I for don't... those of you who don't remember, which is probably a lot of you, 
there's a hilarious yeah, scenario um there's a hilarious scenario where ted danson's friend asks him to hold a package for him for a few days wasn't hilarious at all so the package arrives and it's actually heroin at the same time mary arrives the baby so there's kind of hilarity because ted danson or not ted danson tom Selleck and steve gutenberg think the package is the baby then another package arrives as drugs etc it's the classic uh which is a very um common thing in the 80s comedies it's the it's the cross wires approach it's yeah. the uh you know pe- two people having a conversation about different things and they they kind of try and rinse that a little bit at one scene where where they accidentally hand the baby to drug dealers without realizing to be um, fair though i thought they pulled it off i've seen so much worse examples of that but that was okay but then then the drug plot rears its head again later there's this whole thing with a police officer coming in then they then they're being um under surveillance and then they like lure the drug dealers to 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 Tom Selleck's um uh construction site and then there's this whole thing where they film like the whole thing was just too far school for me. I didn't I did, mind I, it, it was, because I kept thinking it's the eighties, they needed a bit of drama and hijinks and they to me they, they pulled it off. This movie would have been better and sweeter Without any of them. No, it, it couldn't. Farcical. There's not enough to... I mean, I don't agree this was the right subplot necessarily, though I didn't mind it. But there was not enough to sustain it. But it's movie. not the core of the movie. It's just like... No, but it's just a hijinks bullshit. bit of fun. Like, there's no... Yeah, I don't want hijinks. There I wasn't want, enough. I want more uh, they three men and baby action. I think they needed it. Because, I mean, look, it was essentially a blockbuster. It was the highest rating movie of the year. Now I'm saying I don't think this is the best subplot, but they, they had to have some action drama in there. Yeah, but I wish they'd been braver and not done that. Um, also, why did they bring the baby to the drug deal? That was so funny when they brought could the they baby not to the drug deal. Given the baby it was to, ridiculous. to the neighbor who would already babysit for them. Um, I have to say, there was a really like a couple of really lovely moments. Like um, at one point, when the drug dealers ransacked their apartment, and Peter, aka Tom Selleck, is running through the apartment because he thinks Mary's gone. And then you realise, and he realises in that moment how much she means to him. And when he finds her, I just thought it was a really beautiful moment. Yeah, I love um, that. And then I love, so you're right, it's two men and a baby for ages. Tom Selleck comes back about halfway through. And I love... Ted um, sorry, Ted Danson. I'm getting mixed up with their names. So Ted Danson comes back and um, they just dump Mary on him. They're like, here, you take her. And he's like, how do I, you know do a nappy and Tom Selleck says figure it out for yourself dickhead <laughs> yeah. this is a PG movie because I actually checked the ratings uh, so I thought that was really funny I loved all that stuff with it was kind of a repeat of um, so Ted Danson comes back halfway through the movie and has, he has to kind of figure out how and they're really small live with her. but um, I really like that and there's a lovely moment where um, Tom Selleck and Steve Guttenberg go out uh, to, to the theatre and they sort of leave Mary with Ted Danson and they're like, oh, here's the number. It's the very, it's they, they play it as the classic babysitter thing. And then they, they keep calling at the house. Uh, oh, I love during, that, yeah. During the, the, the interval. And he's not answering. So they panic and they rush home. Um, and there's a lovely scene of just him in the shower, like with the baby. And he's like singing to her. It was so sweet. And then um, there was a lovely moment because Ted Danson, you know, as I would have guessed somebody would have done before this point in the movie, calls his mom and asks her to come and help. And she says, you know, basically, he says, I can't look after this baby. I'm a screw up. And she says, you were a screw up. Now you're a father and you can't run away from this responsibility. And I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, I love I just loved how the three of them sort of fall in love with her. I know. It's uh, so cute. And Tom Selleck um, with with the baby uh, 
on the construction site with the tiny oh, hard the little hat. hard hat. Yeah, and Ted cute. Danson then is on stage, um, you know, rehearsing for his play, and he turns around and we see her strapped to his back. Yeah, there's some fun, there's some fun little moments like that. The um, the airport dash at the end. Come on, they could have done again. This this movie is not brave. It doesn't take any risks. It's very safe. Like an airport dash is such a trope. But I have no problem with an airport dash in an eighties movie. I mean, in a movie today, yes. But I think just like it's thirty years old, like it's a completely respectable thing to do at the end of a family drama comedy. No, it's just manufactured tension. And no, they because did the... in this instance, she's actually from another country and like genuinely taking the baby out of the country. We need, sorry, you need to roll back a little bit. You've jumped ahead. When the mom comes what? back, there's no structure to no, this. No, but when the mom comes back, I was surprised at how they played that scene because obviously, like she's left her baby outside someone's front front door, so mm. I assume she had postnatal depression. Something very serious is going on if she leaves the baby like that. With no, like when she left the baby, there wasn't even a bottle or a nappy or like nothing, right? She just dumped the baby. And she felt really flat and there was like no explanation. And she's like, I'm taking the baby to London. And they're all like, okay. And she's then... Not, she's not much of a character. No, this, but the... she came, when she came back at the end, then I thought they, she was, they had actually probably done that intentionally because when she came back... She was like completely disheveled, crying, saying, I can't cope. You've no idea how difficult this is. And I thought, oh, that's what we probably, yeah. th- that's what the re- reality is. Um, and then, of course, they say, you know, we love Mary so much. We think that we should all work, you know, be her family and raise. And there had been a little montage before the mom came back, which I really enjoyed with the song Daddy's Girl. And they were like in Central Park doing swimming lessons with her. She was wearing her little hard hat on the construction site. And then that ended, and then we saw them singing "Goodnight, Sweetheart" to her, which was such a lovely moment. Yeah, it's very, yeah. It is very and I think I noticed after they sing "Goodnight, Sweetheart," Peter, aka Tom Selleck, goes back to bed, and I'm pretty sure he was on a waterbed. Oh, I was about yeah. to say the same thing. That was definitely a waterbed. <laughs> it was definitely waterbed. Like, could not be more. 80s. And to me, it's there funny. There was some serious sloshing when there he was went into 80s elements, but I really didn't think there was 80s fashion until Sylvia came back, the mom of the baby, and she was like full on permed mullet, yeah, a lot like of, lot of big clipping earrings, like um, really bright plastic jewelry. So, do you think that was a real English accent? She didn't English? say. I, if she is English, she's putting on an English accent. You know the way like Irish actors yeah, have to exaggerate their nonsense. accents. She's more. She's much more of a character in the second one. She's a pretty. She's a main yeah. character in that. Um, yeah, I just, I just loved it actually. And then at the end, it, it got really cheesy. So Sylvia and Mary are added to the mural, and then they have oh, a four-way a, a pram that for one baby, but for four adults to push. Yeah, it extends. There's a bar at the top of the the buggy which <laughs> extends so that four people can push it at the same time, I which doesn't sh- make any sense. I think we should do that. We should get one for our buggy that two of us can push at the same time. But like, why would you have four people pushing a buggy on the it was streets just of for New York? A bad gag, really. It was really bad. Uh, let's talk about the soundtrack because uh, it was awful <laughs> the, it was awesomely the, uh, 80s the anytime there was like a like them dashing to the airport or the drug stuff there was this sort of like terrible uh saxophone uh, yeah. and sort of uh lots of synth percussion and synth it's just grating i enjoyed so some of the songs but the actual soundtrack was terrible um, like the score was terrible yeah but yeah overall, it's dated do what do we think about inter- parenting tips do you know i will say i a lot of this movie scared the shit out of me. Like that and I've really identified with that feeling of 
you know at the beginning when they first have the baby and they don't know what to do and they're uh, yeah, as you said he goes to the, the, the store and he gets overwhelmed by all the products and it was funny because we did our first baby shop yesterday we've been quite late to the game in terms of actually buying anything for this child <laughs> but we went to mother care for the first time yesterday and it felt like that didn't it we walked in we were like holy yeah. crap there's so much stuff here it's like and you need this and it and all looks the same um, and and just like and we've been Steve, reading up on this stuff and we still got overwhelmed I know and when Steve Guttenberg's um, first with her and he's trying to get her to, to, to sleep I felt sort of a little bit panicked I'll be honest well I would hope it, that you don't do like Steve Gutenberg and just scream, scream in, in the baby's scream face scream in the baby's face and do a lame cartoon character yeah. but I, I, there's there's that feeling of like oh when which I'm kind of uh, both excited about and kind of dreading of that like you know that first night when we bring this baby know, home that's terrifying and then it's just like it's us and the baby and we have to keep the baby yeah alive. I felt like they captured that like I genuinely yeah. think the panic of yeah. it all and, just, and compared to now this is not much of a comparison, but it's an 80s movie around an unexpected child arriving. When we watched Look Who's Talking a couple of months ago, when we did our first Cinemeter, this is so much better than that. Yeah, and this is handled this is so much better. And they pull off the premise. And yeah, like I, in terms of the parenting tips, I texted my mom that we were going to watch it. And she said, parenting tip number one, don't leave your baby at a stranger's doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, actually, they're all... They turn out they they get to grips with it um, over the course of the movie, and they all become very good parents. Well, yeah, obviously they do because yeah. it's a lovely movie. But really, so what saying, most people would have done in that situation is just call social services, and the child would have ended up like in a home. Yeah, but they couldn't because <laughs> they thought that uh, Ted Danson had told them there was this package coming. And, yeah, um, it was all those cross wires. I things. just thought and, they should have to keep um, it under wraps. They probably should have sought help at the beginning. I don't think it was a particularly great parenting tip for Steve Guthenberg and Tom Selleck to just stand around not knowing what they were doing with the baby and like refusing to touch it yeah but it was played for and Tom Selleck did not know what a toddler was which is highly bizarre (laughs) yeah that's mad I do like when he went to try and buy baby food and I actually said to Dave but you can't feed a baby food and then in the shop the woman says you can't feed the baby food you need to give it a bottle and then he's to buy all the um, the bottles and sterilizer and everything I mean I just really enjoyed all that stuff but yeah for me overall I would say, and I know I always say this, but they just don't make movies like this anymore with a fun, central, family-themed premise Ooh. that has nice humour. A great cast. Like, they're three huge actors in their day. You're talking Ted Danson in Cheers, Tom Selleck as Magnum P.I., and Steve Gutenberg's what, in, like, the Police Academy Police movies Academy, at that point? I guess. Like, they're big, big actors. It's the kind of movie now, if it were to be made, Ooh. tends to go to really, you know, kind of BC list actors. All right, who, go on. Who would you cast then in a... I would say, hands down, Adam Scott would oh, definitely be in be that great. movie. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm not saying he'd be great or not. And he is a good actor. I'm just saying he's the kind of actor that would be cast. Like, they wouldn't cast A-list. They wouldn't cast A-listers in that. Okay, who else? Uh, it feels like the kind of thing they'd... They'd put like I hope they wouldn't put like Seth Rogen. And yeah, those it would be either it. a disgusting crude comedy or it would be kind of B C list actors who are good but not big enough to actually like the reason one of the reasons that box office would have done so well for this is because they're huge names. It'd be Chris Pratt or someone, wouldn't it? No, I would not think they'd get him for this movie. I'm sure, he only does huge franchises. Yeah, you're right. There's no, there's they don't there's no big comedies anymore like com- family or just comedies. family dramas or like. You know, this is a movie for all ages. Like, we both said when we were kids, we did not get the heroin stuff at all. No, I don't remember no. that. I remember the, the whole thing with the baddies in the 
in the building site but I yeah. certainly didn't remember that it was about heroin it made me want to watch the second one again it definitely made me watch yeah. the second one so I think if people want us to watch we can do one of these in a few months again yeah let us know one. if you want us when to watch when we actually the, have a baby which will be quite terrifying we have to wait till we have like a five year old <laughs> we have to wait till um, and we just watched the clip of Tom Selleck on Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon yeah. And he said that um, Disney had pitched Three Men and a Bride, which would be, could be done well, but could be terrible. Yeah, I mean... To capture the magic of this first one would be very difficult. I mean, if you did a sort of a Father of the Bride type of thing, which is kind of a fun movie. It, I mean, it, again, Father of the Bride's another movie I really enjoy, actually, even though I haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, wedding, you have to get the right script. Weddings, there's plenty to do. And you have to hit the right tone, and it can't be salacious, and it can't be crude, and that's where I would be concerned with the movie these days. Though if Disney made it, you would hope it wouldn't be like that. Um, and then... So this was Disney, was it? Well, he yeah. he said it was Disney, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it was. Um, but yeah, so overall, right. people should totally rewatch this. We watched yeah, it. Yeah, it holds up. Really holds up. We couldn't, it wasn't on Netflix. We rented it from Sky Store, but like for really cheap, like two quid. I totally recommend a rewatch. Like it's such a fun movie. Yeah. And if you have never seen it, I hope you didn't listen to this because we've spoiled it. But yeah. And you know what? I would say if you've got like a younger sibling or a kid or a niece or nephew who hasn't seen it, I would watch it as a family movie. And it's uh, really good. Let us know who you would cast in a Three Men and a Baby modern remake. I wasn't saying I would cast Adam Scott. I was saying he's the kind of person that would be in it. No, but actually, I would cast Adam Scott. Would I wouldn't great. though. I, if like, if I you want to make Scott. a proper like A list movie like that. No, but forget about A list. But who would be the right um, actors for these parts? And I think Adam Scott is a great. Character. I don't know. Well, first of all, I would hope they would never remake this movie. I just want a movie like this. I in, think in essence, this is very likely going to be remade. No, you just want the essence of it, not the plot. You know, it needs to be something different. Yeah. We should now watch um, Twa Om E Un Kofan. Also, Leonard Nimoy. What do you think of him as a director? Um, I thought it was perfectly fine. The direction. I mean, Nothing I think the, the action scene it with the whole the elevators and all that was just a complete mess. That was all Other probably from the script was all though. Fine, I guess. Yeah. It made no sense. They lured the drug dealers to Tom Selleck's workplace, which I think why would you lure them to your workplace? And then they arranged for the police to come and catch them in the act. Now they could have just done all that like in the lobby of their apartment. Yeah, the whole Ted Danson did not need to dress up and drag as a pregnant woman in I've order already, for that guy yeah, to their happen. Yeah, their plan made no sense. <laughs> and then I and, remember... And of course, let's bring the baby. He does a ridiculous thing in the second movie where he um, has a kind of plastic face and pretends yeah. to be a priest. Yeah, that's the So I guess end. that's his shtick. So uh, in Three Men and a Bride... Three Men and a Bride... Three Men and a Little Lady. What will he do in Three Men and a Bride in terms of kind of terrible know, costume it always has to do something to do with acting I hope that in Three Men and a Bride if they make it it will be more realistic and Tom Selleck will have you know lost all his money in like the noughties and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crash and will just live in like a studio somewhere in Brooklyn because <laughs> um, where he lived was hipsters. obscene like obscene and like he had a whole room that was just filled with TV screens and he had loads and loads of VHS players and he would watch old sports games on VHS yeah it made no sense there were like three TVs next to each other playing the same thing yeah, but like was, was that supposed was to cool. be the height of yeah but it makes no and sense and they had a jukebox and they had a like phone on the wall like a phone box like yeah, everything they had was so 20s phone. what it was though actually did ring through of 
of men who are way too old with too much money trying to live like young boys, which is kind of what the apartment was. They all seemed a bit too old to be living together as well. Why no, but they're bachelors. I guess. And I mean, to be fair, as rich as Tom Selleck was, he probably couldn't afford the rent, the mortgage on that place oh, for Steve, their flatmates. What about Steve Gutenberg's room? It was hideous. Yeah, and his, it was like, horrible. giant cartoon bed. It was bigger than our house, though. But yeah, Steve Gutenberg, probably the weak link, but overall, I still enjoyed him. All right. Yeah. Let's um, stop talking now. Yes. Enough of okay, this. Okay. Um, well, do let us do let us know uh, what if you do have a rewatch. And uh, please follow us on Twitter at The Cinemile. Uh, and you can f- follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe to us on Acast and on iTunes. And uh, you can leave us a review if you if you wouldn't mind. It helps us get noticed on yes. iTunes. Or you can email us, thecinemile at gmail.com, with any cinemeter yeah. suggestions, which would be quite fun for us. Yes. Um, it doesn't have to be baby related. <laughs> or just suggestions as to how to how to look after our child. Yes. Yeah. No, that's weird. Don't that's really weird, that. yeah. Why did okay, I, say that? I don't know. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I think she did a doodle. Your turn to change her. I'll give you a thousand dollars if you'll do it. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.